Recording in progress. Alright. So this week the topic is going to be about the difference between the Rambam's and the Ramban's approach to medicine. I thought the place to start would be in the Mishnah in Kedushin. The very end, the very last Mishnah, the Mishnah says, The best of doctors go to Gehenim. Why is that? So the Tzveris Yisrael, one of the main commentaries on the Mishnah, attempts to read this in a more charitable manner. The Tzveris Yisrael tries to explain that when it says, it doesn't mean like the best of doctors that the person is a big mensch, he's a big tzaddik, he's really a wonderful doctor. That's not what we are saying when we say, says the Tzveris Yisrael, what we are saying when we use the line of, we're talking about people that are considered the best doctors, the best of their profession, and when we saying that they're going, uh, that they're go- when we say that they're going to Gehenim, the reason that we're saying that says it's Pharisee as well is because we're not here to, again talking about the kosher tabachim. We're not talking about here by a good person. We're talking about a great doctor, somebody who is very arrogant, somebody who's very self-centered feels that he's totally right. And what the mission is saying is, the greatest of the doctors, the ones who think that they are, you know, sort of God's gift to mankind, the ones who thinks that, you know, the, the, the world is literally their oyster, it's all, you know, sitting there serving them. Those are the ones who refuse to take any advice from other doctors. They refuse to do any additional sort of learning, or understand that maybe sometimes that they're wrong, those are the ones that are going to go to Gehenna because their arrogance um, essentially prevents them from sometimes making the right decisions, and that's what's going to precipitate their going to Gehenna. The Hain Asher, is another commentary on the Mishnah, suggests that what does it mean when we say Tevshe from the Gehenna? What we mean is the common understanding is that the doctor doesn't really daven to Hashem. He's not that he's necessarily the, the best of doctors, but meaning he's, he's a good person. You know, he's not a bad person, but he's not, he's not really relying on anyone else for, for, uh, for help. He's not relying on a Kodesh Baruch Hu for help to be able to carry out his work, and so therefore we say This idea that we go to doctors when we have a problem is halachically mandated from the Pasuk of Arapa Yerapa. The Pasuk there is discussing a person who was in a fight with somebody else, and that person who was in a fight gets hurt. So the assailant has to pay for the medical care that it takes to get this person back on his feet. The puzzle says, The person who got hurt, he gets up and walks outside again uh, using a stick, using a walker. 
So then the halacha is that the person who wounded him, the assailant, rak shifta yitenya, he has to give him the amount of time that he wasn't able, his forced rest, that he wasn't able to work. The rapper, you rap, and he has to pay his medical bills. The Gemara Bavakama says, from the name of Rabbi Shmuel, that from we learn now from the Rappo Yerapi Mikan, Shenitain Rishus, Laroife Larapas. Here we see permission, Virapo Yerape, that you shall surely uh, get yourself healed. That here we see, um, says the, the, the Gemara, says Rabbi Shmuel, here we see a, a Rishus, permissible for the doctor to heal. Because you might think, that the doctor shouldn't heal. Why not? Says Rashi. Rashi says, Why would you think that the doctor maybe shouldn't be allowed to heal you? Says Rashi, We don't say, like, there are some sort of religious um, groups in America that say, Look, I can't give my kid any treatments for whatever disease they have. My religion prevents me from doing it. What does the religion say? The religion says what, what the rabbis got rid of a few thousand years ago, namely, we do not say that, oh, you know, look, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who's responsible for everything. He's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's infinite, he's ubiquitous. He's the one who is obviously the prime cause of why you're ill. So therefore, the same way he's the one who made you ill, we have to rely on him and only him to make you better. So that's what you might have thought. That's the Havimah you might have thought. Says every Shmuel, no. The Rabbi Rabbi teaches me that there is a permission given by divine fear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is given permission for doctors to heal p- patients. And you don't have to say, you have to you know, wait for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to come and heal you. Taisvis, over there, says that maybe you would have made a distinction. Taisvis suggests that maybe you would have made a distinction that a doctor is allowed to heal wounds that were afflicted only by men, right? Because over there, the Pasuk says that there was two assailants, right? There was two people fighting. One person beat up the other person. So in that situation, maybe, says Teisvis, maybe then you would say that that's when the doctor has permission to heal. Only when a person did it. But if it blossomed organically, but if... But as Tesla says, if it blossomed organically, if, if the wound didn't come by because of a person, it came by because um, because somebody else put it there, so then you might have thought that that's when you're allowed to get healed. So Tesla suggests, not like Rashi, that any wound, you would just simply say, well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu got you hurt, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu will heal you. The Havamina was that maybe you would only be allowed to be healed in a situation like the one in the Pasuk, which is that there was somebody, an outsider, who hurt you. But not that somebody, you know, had an organic problem like, you know, cancer or something like that. In that situation, Hashem harmed you, then Hashem has the one who has to heal you. On this, either way of explaining the Havamina of the Gemara, Rabbi Shmuel is coming along and saying no. The Rabbi Rabbi is a mitzvah in the Torah, the, the, I'm sorry, is a rishus in the Torah that for the doctor to heal any patients. Now I want to switch to the Ramban in this week's Sadra. The Ramban here describes a distinction between the brachas that we see here and the clothes that we see here in Vayikra 
the ones that we see in, in Shemais. Now, it doesn't exist in Shemais, Brachas, and Klalas, or anything like the way we have here. Um, but you do see some amount of Brachas in Sefer Shemais, both in Parshas Beshalach and in Parshas Mishpatim. You see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is promising certain things. And for example, the Pasuk says in Parshas Beshalach, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling the Jewish people that that um, if you listen to everything that I say, then all the problems and all the machlas and all the diseases and sicknesses that I put on Egypt, I won't put any of that on you. I am Hashem, your healer. I am Hashem, your doctor. Or for example, later on says in Mishpatim that he's going to remove any mach if you if you listen, if you abide, if you adhere, that Kodesh Baruch is going to remove any diseases. It sounds like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not just the sort of prime medical uh, um, persona responsible for our health, but no, it sounds like the brachas, that if we behave, that Hashem is going to give us a lot of good. And we have a lot of brachas here, before we get to the Teichacha. So the Rambam wants to say that there's a distinction between the brachas that we see in Shemais versus the brachas that we see here. What's the distinction? The fundamental distinction, it's not a difference in, um, in terms of what the promises are. It, says, it talks about rain and, and being full of uh, you know, sustenance and not getting diseases. It says that in both places. So that's not the fundamental issue of the of the distinction. The Ramban says, you know what the distinction is? The distinction is the publicity aspect of it. In the Tachacha and Vayikra and the Brachas and Vayikra here in Bechul Kaisai, it's on a public scale. It's talking to the nation as a whole. And when you're talking to the nation as a whole, so the miracles that occur are much more noticeable. Why? Because how does Hashem run the world? Hashem runs the world, like the Gemara tells us, Hashem runs the world according to nature. The, the divine intervention is at a barest of minimums, and when it, it, there is divine intervention, it's most often done in a way that anyone who is of a more rational bent, or anyone who um, is agnostic, would be able to deny that there was any divine div- intervention at all. So says the says the Ramban. The distinction is is that in the brachas and shemais, those brachas are taking place on the individual level. So on an individual level, if a person has done well, if a person is acting well, so such a person, when 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 he, things go right, it's not necessarily going to be noticed. It, the world goes according to nature, seemingly, and miracles are effectively a way that. God hides his intervention. It's quote-unquote against nature, but it sort of feels oftentimes not like absolute contrary to nature. Somehow these things happen, but we could, if we wanted to, we could figure out a way to for end for how it happened according to nature. So says the Ramban, on an individual level, when you have something good that happens to, to a good person, you could just simply 
tied shit up as being nature. You don't necessarily are you're not necessarily forced to come to a conclusion that it's the divine will, that it's the hand of God that's in, that's involved. But when it comes to a nation, when it comes to a situation that the land of Israel has no enemies that are making any headway, or the land of Israel is you know, in a desert, in a desert, in an arid area, is being able to produce, you know, a, a ton of fruit. When you have situations where people are healthy and well on a national scale, that gets noticed. That gets noticed. You, you, you know, you go to the highest scores of the happy index. You go to the highest scores of, of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, um, people that are satisfied and happy with their lives, and all the different sort of you know, tests that they give folks around the world, all of a sudden now you're rising to the top. Is it possible to say it's nature? Sure, it's still possible, but it's much harder because it's so sui generis and it's happening on such a national scale. That's the fundamental difference, according to the Ramban, between the brachas in Parshas, Mishalach, um, and Mishpatim versus the ones over here in Parshas Bechukhaisa. So the Rabban continues, and he says like this, if a person does well, spiritually, and the nation does well, they simply don't need, they don't need to get medical care. They will be fine. They won't get sick. And what does that mean they won't get sick? It's not that they won't get sick ever. Obviously, at some point, old age hits, but the Ramban's basic point is, if a person is acting well spiritually, then he will be feeling well physically. It's the spiritual malfeasance, it's the spiritual misfeasance, it's the spiritual maladies that are causing a person not to be well. They are a reflection of a person not acting well. So the Rabbi continues, and he says like this. He says, if, as we see here in Michal Kaisai, and we talked about last week, that if you do not behave well, and the classic example in the Teichacha is if you don't keep the Shemitah, then all of these terrible Tsaras will unfold, and you will be a Ka'ol Anidaf, you'll be like a driven leaf, running around, chicken without a head, no ability to rest, no ability to figure out how to make ends meet, you'll be in Gehakta Tsaras every single day. That is the other side of the equation, that we see here on a national scale, because it's not one person doing bad, or two or ten, it's the nation as a whole is not acting appropriately. The Ramban continues, and he says like this, this idea of the distinction between the brachas and b'chukais and the klolas here, versus shemais, as we've said, applies differently to an individual than to a nation. On an individual level, it is easy, it is possible to sort of explain that away and say it's just nature. But on a national scale, it's that much more difficult. Says the Ramban, that is the case vice versa. That is the case also by the Klolis. By a situation where person is getting punished on an individual way for the averis that he's done or committed, it'll unfold, it'll unfurl in a natural way, and they won't necessarily be able to appreciate it. But, says the Ramban, 
on a national scale, like we see in Parshbuchu Kaisai, this kind of a situation where there is um, a sort of national travesty of misbehavior, then the punishment will be that much more difficult to hide and say, oh, it's just nature. It's not somehow God. So the same way we have this distinction by the brachas, we have this distinction by the clause. It continues the Ramban, and the Ramban says that when the Jewish people are acting correctly, they are really not bound by nature at all, and that's why the land is able to produce the way it produces. It's not bound by nature at all. It's getting divine sustenance directly. And, and says the Ramban, as we've mentioned already before, the, the, the simple fact of having everybody behaving rightly will mean that everyone will be, will be healthy. Living a good spiritual life, live, living a life according to Torah mitzvahs, ergo means living a healthy life. That's the argument of the Ramban in this week's Sandra. And the Ramban continues, and he says this is in fact what happened during the era of the Nevi'im. If you look in the, in the Navi, the Navi tells us about two kings who got sick. One was Chizkyo HaMelech, and one is Asa. When Chizkyo HaMelech got sick, the Pasuk tells us, During those days, Chizkyo got sick, and he looked like he was going to die. And Isaiah the prophet came, and they had a whole discussion, a whole Gemara about it, about the the fact that Yechazkiyo hadn't been agreeable to get married. He saw he was going to have a horrible son, Menashe. And he gets reproved by the Navi. Tell him he can't make such chashbainas. And so Yechazkiyo says, okay, maybe I can marry a daughter. Maybe we can make a shidduch in between both of our spiritual influences. Maybe will be able to turn this child the mutav. And Ishaya doesn't have any patience for it. He says, no, your another rebuttal is not really going to work. And Chizkiyot says that he has an ancient tradition from his parents, back to David HaMelech, that right, even if it's at death's door, never supposed to give up. But what we see from here is that Chizkiyo, when he was ill, consulted with a prophet. He consulted with a prophet when he was ill. And contrast that with Asa. Asa, that generation before, Asa was a good king. Asa was a fine king, a nice person. The Torah says about Asa that he was, his heart was with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Pasuk says, Vayaz Asa Hayosha Be'ni Hashem Kedavid Aviv. Asa did exactly what was right in the eyes of God, like David. So he got rid of the Kedeshim, he got rid of the, the, the sort of the temple prostitutes that existed. He got rid of them. And he got rid of all the Gechkes that were in that were in, in the land of Israel. He also got rid of his own mother, who was an idolatrous woman, Ma'acha.
and and she was a big fan of the Asher. He got rid of her too. And he got rid of all this stuff. What? One little problem. He didn't get rid of the Bamas. The Bamas are sort of these private Mizbechais, these private sort of places for offering. And that's always been the bane of the Jewish people, that even though they weren't allowed to have Bamas anymore once the base Megdash was built, they nevertheless still kept them around. And the kings found it very difficult to get rid of. The Pasuk concludes, But the heart of Asa was Shalem. It had a, a certain sort of completeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is Asa HaMelech. And yet in Divrei Yomim, in Divrei Yomim it tells us about Asa. It tells us what happened to Asa. It says like this. The Pasuk tells us in Divrei Yomim Beis, Vayechela Asa. Asa got sick. In the 39th year of his kingdom. He was a very long reigning king. This is the second to last year of his kingdom. And why did he get sick with Baraglav? He got sick somehow on his foot. There was some sort of a malady on his foot. And while he was ill, he did not consult Hashem, but only the doctors. And then it says, um, if you look in, um, if you look in Malachim Aleph, the pasuk tells us that the yes are called every asa and the remainder of the stories about Asa and the things that he did, and all the cities that he built, it was written in the chronicles of of, of uh, the Judean kings. Rak but during when he got old, his feet got ill. So. Again, we have two places where it mentions that Asa got ill. In Devarayam, it says he got ill and he consulted the doctors and not Hashem. And in, um, and in, in Malachim, it says that Asa was a wonderful king. He, was, he, was, he did right by the eyes of God. He was Shalim HaKadosh Baruch He was like David HaMelech. The only thing is, he, he didn't get rid of the Bambais. And then we say that Rak, but when he got old, he had a malady on his feet. What is the nature of this rock? But when he got old, he had a problem with his feet. It sounds like, if I said to you, Asa is a great guy. He's such a good king. He's been so wonderful to the Jewish people. But at the end of his life, he had a foot injury. At the end of his life, he had a foot problem. What is the butt coming in for? You told me he was a nice king. He lived a good life. He was a long-reigning king. Everything was going well. And then you say, but, but when he was at the end of his life, he had a problem with his foot. What's that trying to teach me? So, so the what do you call the 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 position of the Ramban is that Asa was a great king, but he he did something wrong here. What did he do wrong here? Listen to that pasuk again in Devar Yomim. The pasuk says, in the thirty ninth year of his reign, meaning second to last year of his reign, he had a problem. He had a, a, a machla. Beraglav in his feet. Somehow it went around from his feet upwards. And it continues the Pasek. And during his sickness, he didn't consult with the doctors. I'm sorry, he didn't consult with the prophets. He didn't he wasn't Darish Hashem. 
he consulted only with doctors. So, so the, the Ramban is saying, this is a proof to my contention that if the Jewish people are behaving appropriately, if they were really close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then if there was a problem, they would be like Hizkiyo, and they would go ask a prophet what he thinks. But if the Jewish people are not acting appropriately, then they're going to go consult a doctor. That's what the Ramban says. Now, the, the, the question is, we should point out, if it's not 100% known, that the Ramban himself is a doctor. Right? We're going to, in tonight's conversation about the Ramban and the Rambam's position on medicine and doctors, both of these men were not only obviously giants of the Torah, but they were also giants of the medical profession. The Rambam especially wrote many textbooks that are, I think, I don't know if they're still in use anymore, but for many, many years were literally in use. You know, the, 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 the works that the Rambam wrote in medicine. Towards the end of his life, he only wrote works in medicine. He didn't write any more works on Torah. So the, the, the next thing I want to discuss is the Gemara and Saito. The question is, we had a Pasuk, if you recall, in, in, in Malachim. And the Pasuk told us that Asa was a good king. His heart was like, you know, shalom with Hashem. He was like David, his father. Great guy, right? We should all get such compliments. But what did it continue? The Pasuk said, however, Rak but when he got old... Then he had a problem with his feet. We asked, what was this but? What did, did he do something wrong here? Why are you saying that he was a good guy all of his life, blah, 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 he just didn't get rid of the bummers? But when he got old, his feet were hurting him. What's, what's this but? What is it coming to teach you? Says the Gemara in Saito, you want to know what it means? It means, says Rabbi, why did Asa get punished? He made the 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 Torah scholars go and fight wars. There was a big war. The, the pasuk tells us, Asa was a long reigning king. Basha was a long reigning king of Israel. They fought all their days. They were always fighting together. There was always wars going on. This is the internecine strife, the battles, the civil war. That took place amongst the Jewish people between the between the tribes of Yudem and Yemen, or as I like to make the joke, it's actually not people make a mistake when they say that the, the ten tribes were were sent away. It's actually not true. The 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 more accurate calculation is eight and four, and the reason is because Shimon lived within Yehuda. So when we say Yehudah and Yemen, Yehuda is Nichalal Shimon. Shimon never gets mentioned again in Tanakh after the beginning of, of Shaftim when him and Yehuda agree on their battle plans of how to control the territory, Shimon's totally enveloped. He's like a landlocked country. He's totally enveloped by... He's totally enveloped by um, by Yehuda. Doesn't have an independent existence. And of course, there's always Levi. So there's really four tribes that survive to this day, right? So it's Levi, it's Yehuda, uh, it's Shimon, and, and Binyam. So Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, and Binyamin. And there's eight tribes, you know, that 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 um, that were effectively lost. So, coming back to here, so Asa, what did he do wrong? What he did was he in the wars that he was fighting against Basha, all the you know he was in a permanent war formation. What what sometimes the news media likes to say is a problem, right? If countries 
are always acting in a permanent war formation, what they're effectively doing is taking away civil liberties in order to be able to perpetuate continual war, so then there's no no rights you can have because you're in the middle of a battle. I the battles only continue because you want the battle to continue so you can keep away the rights. Beside the point. But anyhow, what, what Asa did was he took the Tamil Chachamim and told him to go fight. He said, You have to go fight, we're in a war. Right? And I'm I'm not sure that that this war would be seen as not a mitzvah at the end of the day. Right? We say about Mohammed's mitzvah that Afilu Chasan, right, and Kala from their chuppah, they can go fight. They have to go fight in the war. Certainly, the time Chachma has to go fight in the war. So, this is a war of a Mechemes mitzvah. You're fighting against the Melech Yisrael who would like to kill you and destroy your settlement. So, of course, you have to fight him. But are we saying that the Talmud Chacham should go fight him? Or the Talmud Chacham should stay and learn? This has a lot of, obviously, very present-day implications, and I'm going to avoid all the present-day implications. I'm just going to focus on the fundamental point, which is that according to the Gemara, Rabbah says that he got punished because he made a Tamil Chacham and go fight. He, uh, he made a, a proclamation. No one was free from the proclamation. What does it mean? Even the Chacham and Kala come from the wedding, had to go fight. So therefore, if the Gemara is right, if Rava is correct, that this was the sin of Asa, in other words, forget the fact that we think the Halacha is nominally, that when you have a Mechemes Mitzvah, they do have to go fight. Let's forget that for a moment. The fact is, Rava is suggesting that he is faulted for bringing in these time Chachamim to go fight. Therefore, that would explain why the Pasuk says rock. Rock, but when he got old, he was punished with a, you know, I'm sorry, he, but when he got old, he had a foot malady. That's showing you that's a punishment for having acted inappropriately in relation to forcing the Tamil Chacham to go to battle. This idea that we don't force Tamil Chacham to go into battle is not just, again, as I say, modern day issue, it's an old issue. We have another Gemara, the Gemara tells us in the Dharm. Rabbi Avo this time, Rabbi Avo says the name of Lazar. Why did the Jewish people go down to Mitzrayim for 210 or 400 years? Why did the Jewish people get punished for such a thing? So the typical understanding is it wasn't a punishment, that was always God's intention. Or Avram said about Ma'ida, or how do I know? And Hashem said, okay, this is if you need a proof of how you're going to know, this is how you're going to know, and it includes your children going down to Egypt. But there is another understanding. Of what Avram did wrong, and this is Chazal saying that the the exile in Egypt was a punishment because Avram said, "Bamoeda." Avram said, "I'm sorry, um, um, the Bamoeda is uh, is is uh, from 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 uh, what do you call? It? Also from Chazal, but that's not the Gemara here in the Dharm that I was going to mention. The Gemara here in the Dharm I was going to mention is that he made an Angaria Shelton Chachamim." That he made a he made his Torah scholars, right? This is obviously pre Sinai, but he, whatever Torah scholars that he had, he made them go fight in a war. The Gemara says that he had a battle to go free his nephew, Lot, who had been captured in the battle of the four kings and the five kings. So he didn't have the manner, the the manpower. The Pasik says, and he went and armed his uh, family, right? And they and they went and they went and the this household went to go fight. Who is this household? Who that went to fight? Says the Gemara. 
He had a whole contingent. He had a whole entourage. People who were hangers-on. They sat around and they, you know, uh, listened to Avram Vinu darshaning on about God and the meaning of life, etc. And these were Tamil Chacham, and he forced them to go fight, to go save his nephew. Sounds like, frankly, a weaker case, right, than, than going to... Uh, than going to fight in order to be able to save your country. And in this case, it wasn't even the country. Hashem hadn't yet, uh, you know, the Jewish people hadn't yet started, hadn't been Mount Terror, all of that. But that's the Gemara uses the same exact Lushan he made in Angaria with Hamechacham. He forced them to go fight when they shouldn't have been fighting. So, either way, what we're seeing is that perhaps this idea of Rakl Asik Nasa, that but at the end of his life, also got a foot malady is very possibly because he had done something incorrect. Our question was, what was it that he did that was incorrect? It sounded like he was a pretty good king. Well, you could have argued that, well, he didn't get rid of the bummies. You know, that's a problem. Um, Chazal are making the argument that he made the Tamil Chacham go fight in his wars. That's another possibility. But either way, these are taking the, the proposition that Asa had done something that was Faulty. So the Ramban is suggesting that Asa was a good king. Asa was a wonderful guy. But because he had done something wrong, so therefore Asa got sick. His getting sick is an expression of the spiritual problem. What was the spiritual problem? Again, maybe it was the fact that he didn't get rid of the bummers, maybe Hashem, you know, whatever, whatever the reason was. But he had done something wrong, so therefore the response was that he got ill with some malady on his foot, and that's a direct response to his, um, to to Asa's uh, spiritual um, misfeasance or malfeasance, the fact that he had done something wrong. So the, again, the Ramban is then compounding it and saying that not only did he do something wrong. Because of the fact that he has this physical ailment, which is attesting to the fact that he does something wrong spiritually, but he then compounds it, Asa, by virtue of what? By virtue of not going to be Darish Hashem, by going after the doctors, by virtue of not going after, by virtue of the fact, by virtue of the fact that Asa has gone after the doctors. And not gone after being Derish Hashem, he's compounded his 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 bad deed. The deed number one, again, like the Gemara says, either on Gaya Chachamim or the fact that he has created the Bamais. Uh, not created, but not gotten rid of the Bamais. And that is then compounded, right, by the fact that when it comes when he actually gets ill, which is a response to these bad actions, these misdeeds, instead of being Darish Hashem, he goes and is Darish the Reifim. Um, the point, as the uh, as, as, as the Ramban, in his imitable way of putting it, says, it's like somebody on Pesach, not only is he not eating matzah, but he's also eating chametz, right? You could do a bad thing on Pesach, at least the first night, Right, you had a mitzvah to rise to eat matzah, so you said I'm not eating matzah. Okay, so you're 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 being mevatel and asay. But then you're going to go ahead and eat chametz. That's a whole new level. 
That's a whole chi of curse. That's a whole new level of, of bad deeds. So that's what the Ramban is suggesting about Asa. He had done something wrong, and then he compounded it by not seeking proper help, which is to go be Deresh Hashem. He points out, says the Ramban, that if you look at the Gemara in the end of Hyrius, the Gemara tells us that Rabbah becomes the Rashiva instead of Rabbi Yosef. And Rabbi Yosef, for the next 22 years, when Rabbah was Malach as the Rosh Yeshiva, he didn't take one iota of covet that would have been befitting him, or that would in any way challenge the idea that Rabbah is the Rosh Yeshiva. And the Gemara says that he didn't even have a blood letter, sort of like the most basic medical treatment of that time, like taking on Tylenol. He didn't have to take a Tylenol for those 22 years, says the Gemara. And the Ramban says, you know why Rav Yosef didn't have to take a Tylenol for 22 years? He didn't even have a headache. It was because of that incredible selfless action. Rav Yosef was living on such a high level that he was perfectly willing to sit out and not take a job that might have otherwise been rightfully his. After all, he was an incredible Sinai. He had an incredible uh, memory, unbelievable memory. He was also, you know, lack of uh, eyesight, which... Um, Helps enhance, right, or for, forces one to one to develop their memory better, and that's you know the more important aspect, at least sort of in the pre-Google days and the pre-internet days, right. The scene that was more important than the Eicher Harem, Rav Yosef didn't make a move that would in any way challenge Rav Rabba's hegemony as the Rosh Shiva, and says the Gemara he didn't have to have even the Tylenol, which tells us that says the Ramban, which tells us that the spiritual misdeeds have physical manifestations that we call disease, that we call ailments. And if somebody's living on such a ethereal spiritual level, where they're so beyond the trivial travesties, the frailties of, of humans, such a person will not exhibit either the infirmities of, of disease and old age and the like. He'll be He'll be able to live again, like I say, without a Tylenol. Says, says the Ramban, but what happens if people are people and they don't live on such an incredible level? So then they need a lot of Tylenol. So then they have spiritual maladies. Then they get machlas. And then they need to get healings. They need to go to doctors. They become dependent on doctors. And then the Oilem Kamen Hagenayeg you have to go to the doctors to get healed. It's going to be going through nature and not through anything, anything spiritual or divine. The Ramban continues. And the Ramban says that the Rapo Yerape, this permission that Rabbi Yishmael gave, is misunderstood in the Gemara. If you look at the Gemara, the Gemara says, the Rapo Yerape, Mikan, right? What did the Gemara say? Mikan, Shereshus. From here, it's a rishos, it's a permission for a doctor to heal. Mikan, shirishos, l'roife, l'rapois. Says the Ramah, what does that language mean? That language does not mean that you, the patient, have permission to go to the doctor. It just means that the doctor has permission to heal the patient. And there's a big distinction, says the Ramah, between those two. Me, as the doctor... If somebody comes to my, sees my shingle, somebody comes to my house and they want to get healed, okay, I can heal them. But they 
have to answer their own question. Why are you going to a doctor? Why aren't you davening? Why are you being derish Hashem? And says the Ramah, that's a mistaken understanding of what the permission was from Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Rabbi Shmuel's permission that he saw in the Pasuk is Mikan it's, it's a rishus for the doctor to heal, but it doesn't mean that it's a rishus for the patient to go get healed. They're two different things. So because people are not living on such a spiritual level anymore, and because people are living within nature, and because people want to go to doctors when they have a physical problem, and they don't want to be going to be Darish Hashem, so therefore the doctor has a long waiting line. Therefore you have to call in advance. But that's not the ideal. The ideal would be that the doctor would have no business. He would hang up his shingle and no one would come. He would be, you know, a doctor who's a know-it-all. He has all this information and no one needs the information because everybody's able to get their own healing through their own, um, not uh, home health, you know, uh, remedies. No, they're able to get it by being Darish Hashem, by doing it the appropriate way. Says the Ramban that when the Torah is saying this Pasuk, that we dashed in the whole thing, that the Im Yakum is Alif Bachutz Al Mashanta Vinika Amake, Rak Shifta Yitim Rapa Yirape, the Torah is just saying that the assailant has to pay for the harm to be remedied by a doctor. But the Torah, if the Torah is discussing the uh, the ideal situation, it wouldn't mention this. Because the wounded person should be healed by Hashem, not by the assailant, you know, paying for your doctor bills. Says the Ramban, you're right. But the Torah is speaking, the The Torah is speaking to normal situation. In the normal situation, somebody just got beat up by somebody else. So he's not sitting there and, you know, starting to genuflect and talk about the being derish Hashem. No, he needs to get healed. And. The way to do it is you make the assailant pay for the medical bills. So the Torah is, as it were, talking down over here. It's talking about a practical situation. Nabuch, we're in this situation. But says the Rabban, ideally, no. Ideally, the person who would be hurt, who has a spiritual uh, malady, such a person, instead of going to the doctor, he would go or she would go uh, and, and do tshuva. Go and be derish Hashem. And that's how they would get healed. The fact is, no one lives at such a level. So the Torah understands. The Torah is talking about Haifa. The Torah is dealing with the situation of normal normal life. And normal life is the people rely on doctors because they live within nature. So if that's the situation, the Torah is responding to that. And that's what the Pesach says, that if the person is beaten up, and the, 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 the assailant has to pay for the doctor bills, because that's what's assumed. That's what's normal. That's what's going to happen. That is the Ramban um, on this parsha, and the Ramban concludes with a line that he says that when a person, if they if they were really a truly spiritual giant, then they would have no need to have recourse to medicine, to have recourse to doctors. So the Ramban is effectively saying that he would put himself out of business. The ideal is not to go to the doctor. The ideal is not to get sick. But not why are you not getting sick? And you're not not getting sick because you're relying on, you know, Eastern homeopathy. No. The reason that you're not getting sick is because you're living a spiritual life. You're a spiritual giant. 
So then you don't get sick. Then you don't have to have recourse to doctors. And if you would be sick, that would be a reflection of a lowering of the spiritual level of which one is. That is the position of the Ramban. But I do wonder, when I think about this, whether or not the Ramban is giving you the whole story. Because we have a Medrash. The Medrash is in the Pesichta of Echarava. The Medrash compares four kings and their Ishtadlus. The Medrash compares um, Davra Melech, Asa, Yehoshaphat, and Chizkiyo. Two of the kings we've been talking about tonight, Asa and Chizkiyo. We said that Chizkiyo, when he got sick, he consulted with Yeshaya Novi. And Asa, when he got sick, he consulted with the doctors. He wasn't Darish Hashem. The Pazak tells us, I'm sorry, the Medrash tells us that David HaMelech said that he was going to go fight his enemies and he wants HaKadosh Baruch to give him success. And Hashem says, I will. Asa says, HaKadosh Baruch, I really cannot fight my enemies. I'll chase my enemies and you win the war for me. And Hashem says, okay. Yahushaphat says, HaKadosh Baruch, I cannot fight my enemies. I cannot even chase my enemies. I'm going to dive in Hashem and you take care of my enemies for me. And Hashem says, okay. And Cheskyo says, HaKadosh Baruch, I cannot fight my enemies. I cannot even chase my enemies. I can't even daven. Instead, I'm going to go to sleep. Hashem, and you take care of my enemies. And Hashem says, okay. And the question is, on the levels of Ishtadlus, on this Medrash, is the Medrash lording David HaMelech or Chizkiyo? Like, what's the ideal? It seems clear to me that the Medrash is pointing out that David HaMelech is the ideal. To be able to live entirely within nature and nevertheless still be able to attribute all success to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a, is, a, is a very, very high level to reach. It's a level that most people don't get to. But I want to focus here for the moment on the different approach of Ishtalis from Asa to Chizkiyo. Asa does some amount of Ishtalis, Chizkiyo does nothing. Chizkiyo relies on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's always getting miraculous intervention. Why? Because he doesn't do his own Ishtalis and stuff. He says he's not capable of it. Maybe he's not capable of it because he's not capable. Maybe he's not capable of attributing success to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I don't know. The Medrash doesn't get involved with that. But I do wonder if this difference of Chizkiyo going to the Yeshaya and Asa going to the doctor maybe has something to do with their different approach to Heshtavos. That is to say, <coughs> um, that is to say that this might explain why Asa is consulting with the doctors and not HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because in Asa's mind, he has to do a shtadlus. He has to do something. You don't go to sleep and expect to be cured of a bad malady. In his case, he has a big foot problem. He has to go to a doctor to go figure out what's going on. And of course, he's got to thank Hashem for sending a good shliach like this doctor. So this might explain what the difference is in terms of the way they went about when they were ill. However, the question still would remain, why does it say the but? Why does it say rock about Le'ezikna? Why does it say but when he got old last he had a problem with his leg? Why? What's with the but part of it? Sounds like there was, there was a problem. So again, as we said already before, maybe the problem 
the problem was that he made an angarish something Maybe the problem was he made bummies. Whatever it was, he did something, and that may explain the but of why when he got old he had a problem. There was a there was there was there was an issue. It was something that he had done that was wrong, perhaps. Or maybe it just means Pashit. That when he got old, he was no longer his capable self. A king that reigned for so many years was able to fight a perpetual war against Basha Melchis Ro. At some point he was not able to be his former full strength anymore. And he he lost it a bit. Maybe that's what the butt just means. Who says it has to be involved with any sort of spiritual malfeasance? And then, when we come to the other Pasuk, when we come to the Pasuk that we mentioned already before, in relation to, we mentioned the Pasuk in relation to Divrei um, Yomim, um, uh, the Pasuk says, V'yechala Asa, that Asa got ill, V'shna Shloshim Teshim Machusa, in the 39th year of his kingdom, V'raglov Adlamal L'cholyag, started out on the bottom by his feet and went upwards, and during when he was sick, he did not darshan Hashem, but rather the doctors. Is there any mention over here that that was a problem? Is there any mention over here that this was wrong? He's saying that that's what he did. Who said it's a negative description? Maybe he did what he was supposed to do. It's just telling us what he did. He didn't go after solutions of going to ask Hashem, he went after doctors. Who said that that's wrong in his Hishtavah's understanding? Or, perhaps you could say like this. If, um, um, okay, so where it leaves us now is that what we said about Chizkiyo, maybe we'll conclude with a few things on the Rambam. What we said about Chizkiyo was that he did the opposite. Chizkiyo, he did, went and talked to Yeshaya. He didn't do any visit to doctors. There's a Mishnah in Sachim. The Mishnah tells us that Chizkiyo was gone as the Sefer Rufuis. It was a Sefer Rufuis book, and Chizkiyo hid it away. The common understanding is because the book was effectively a crutch. When people got sick, instead of davening to Hashem, they would look at the Rufu's book, and be done. And this would fit perfectly with the Ramban's approach, which is, the whole idea of getting a spiritual, I'm sorry, getting a physical malady, is a reflection, is an expression of a spiritual problem. So, the goal, or the point, of you getting something that's negative in the physical flesh, is to be able to resolve something spiritually. Says, that that is, a proof to the approach of the Rambam. But I just wanted to conclude by contrasting this with the approach of the Rambam. The Rambam in the Parish Mishnah there in Besachim says that anybody who says that this is a normal pshat has absolutely a fool. He says this pshat is 100% incorrect. The idea that when somebody gets sick, he shouldn't try to heal himself by the best um, books that they have available doesn't make any sense. The Rambam castigates those who propound the theory that the reason for hiding the fabled medical book was because people were using it rather than praying to Hashem. It's mind-boggling, says the Rambam, to put such a sin on Chizkiyo Amalek and the prophets that all agreed with him. According to this reason, which he demeans, when a person is hungry, they shouldn't eat because they know that if they eat, they're going to feel better. But the fact that they're feeling so terrible now, they have a splitting headache. That's a punishment from Hashem. 
So if it's a punishment from Hashem, let Hashem heal you. Don't eat. According to the Rambam, it's a mitzvah to go to doctors. It's a mitzvah to use medical textbooks and figure out and do research and to figure out what, what's wrong with a person. Says the Rambam, you know why Chizkiyo hid that textbook? Not because it was a good science medical textbook, textbook that was peer-reviewed. No. It was folk remedies. It was absurdities. It was things that the Torah doesn't allow you to practice. And people were relying on these kinds of remedies and not doing real research, and not going to real doctors. That's why they got rid of the book. And that's why they were happy with him for getting rid of it. Because it was creating undue reliance. That people were relying on a book, on a work, that was inappropriately relied upon. Continues the Rambam. In the Mishnah Torah, when the Rambam talks about how a person should live their life, the, the Rambam says that most medical issues in life are caused about diet. Says the Rambam that most sins, um, most, I'm sorry, most sicknesses, most sicknesses that come upon a person, is because they're eating bad food. Or a person is imbibing too much or eating too much, even on healthy foods, even on foods that are okay. So listen to the difference between the Ramban and the Rambam's approach to why a person gets ill. According to the Ramban, the reason that a person gets ill is because there's something negative in their spiritual life. There's something that's wrong in their spiritual life. Uh, in their spiritual essence at that moment, and that's being reflected out in the physical world. And according to the Rambam, the person is becoming ill, it's because they're not taking care of themselves. If they took care of themselves correctly, then there's much, much less chance that they were to get sick until they get old. Says the Rambam there in the end of that paragraph of Deus. The Rambam says, Kol elu, Whoever adheres, whoever keeps, to this kind of approaches that I've laid out to you in terms of how appropriately to eat and to have relations and to drink, all the different things that the Raman goes through in Hilchas which is like, you know, taking, distilling his medical approach into healthy living, says the Raman, anyone who does this, anyone who listens to what I say, I guarantee them that they will not get sick until they are old. And at that point, they will live a life where they won't need a doctor. So according to both the Ramban and the Rambam, you don't need a doctor. But for very different reasons. According to the Rambam, the reason you don't need a doctor is because you're living very healthy. You're living smart. You're eating at the right times. You're exercising. You're doing all the right things to be healthy. You don't need a doctor. And according to the Ramban, the reason that you don't need a doctor is because you're living a very spiritual, healthy life. You're very attuned in a spiritual way. You're like Rav Yosef, and therefore, you don't need a doctor. So in the end, what we're getting from this, Sandra, is the Ramban's view of the appropriateness of using medicine, of using doctors, and we've added to it to see the Ramban's contrary approach. and have a wonderful Shabbos. I should point out that next week, uh, we will discuss Shavuos. 
And we will also have the all-night Shavuos class. The topic this year will be on the paucity of learning Tanakh and Yeshivas. Is that ideal? Have a good Shabbos.